It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Emmy-winning comedian Craig Shoemaker, who is headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas this Thursday, September 15th through Sunday the 18th with showtimes at 8.30 and 10.30. For ticket information, go to troplv.com and for everything about Craig Shoemaker, go to craigshoemaker.com and follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for getting my name right. A lot of people go, my favorite comic, Craig Schumacher. Like, there's, 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 no, there's no umlaut. I'm not off the boat from Bavaria. I'm just a little, just a little Shoemaker, not a macher. Understood. And, and, and uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, you make shoes, you don't mock shoes unless, well, unless, unless they're Crocs. Those yeah, you can exactly, mock all yeah. day long. You got to mock the you know, Croc. No doubt about you it. You got to mock, mock the Crocs. You know what the holes are for? So your self-esteem can slip out. <laughs> I have five pair because I don't care anymore. And a minivan. And a minivan. A life is over. <laughs> I wanted to get this one question out of the way because nobody ever yeah. asked you the question. Are you truly the son of Willie Shoemaker? No, I've okay. been asked that question a lot, including the other day. I always say the jockey Willie Shoemaker, he he I got the height, he got the money. Okay. So good. I, I, I don't know what I don't know if I'd exchange that, but uh, <laughs> he made a lot of money. <laughs> you know, I was looking up some of your background, which and not in a creepy way, mm-hmm. I want just for the record, but just to you it's know okay. just to know stuff. And I knew stuff it's about understood. you. Thank you. I knew stuff about you anyway, but there's so little of you in terms of your background. Well, prior to you becoming a professional comedian. So I'm going to start off by saying, when did you decide to leave the farm and become a comedian? Well, the farm is what made me into a comedian. <laughs> my, my, my dad left when I was born. I'm like, like something I said, <laughs> he's gone. And that started it. I mean, it really did. I mean, that's just like that. I just wrote about it actually on Facebook. It, that resilience that I had to have, you know, growing up poor, you know, when I was a kid, I used to think the word evict meant move. I thought they were the same <laughs> word. I'd be like, hey, mommy, here's the eviction truck. And I'd pack up and move again. She'd cry, read another eviction notice. And it, you know, I had to adapt to different areas and different schools and people and neighborhoods. And what's going to do that best is laughter, you know, making people laugh, making fun of myself. Uh, and it really is, I teach it now. I teach people how to uh, develop their sense of humor and how it makes you more magnetic and attractive and so forth. So, And we're going to talk about that in depth because you have two things going on, the coaching and the, the master class. And I want to get into all of that. And we will. Sure. But you remind me of a gentleman by the name of Norman Cousins who wrote a book called Anatomy yes. of an Illness. And yes. that ties in with your philosophy about humor. And we're going to definitely talk about that because laughter is so important. But I just wanted to get your background down just a little bit more. After you left prison and you started your role as a professional comedian, first it was the farm, then it was the prison. I have no idea where you came from other than Philadelphia because there's so little of you anywhere officially in any of the background Uh stuff. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, wow, it's surprising. I thought I thought it was all out there. No, I know you went uh, to Springfield Township High School and a few other yeah. 
things like and, that. Uh, Temple, University, Temple University, California, yeah. California University of Pennsylvania, which makes no doctor. sense at all, by the way. Why I know. is there it a was Pennsylvania this, it was University this, of California? It was discovered in 1849, the year of the gold rush. And when you're a, a poor kid in Philadelphia, it's as close as I could come to the real California. It was 300 miles away. So I was I was not surfing on the Monongahela River. But, uh, I gave the illusion that I was. I, all my T-shirts never had of Pennsylvania. They all just say California University of period. How you. But it was uh, it was a great first start for me. You know, I mean, I, I really did have a difficult childhood. And it just got turned around by continuing to work on my creative self and just really doubling down on that. I got to be the lead in plays when I went out there. It was a fresh start. And, you know, the making people laugh has just been going on for a long time. It took various forms. It started in high school also with, like, smoke and pot where everything's funny. You know, we'd, we'd say, that was so funny. You should write that down. I'd write it down. I thought it'd be part of my comedy act. I read this note the next day. I go, hamster nipples. What the hell does that mean? What in the world? How did that make us laugh so hard the night before we couldn't breathe? But it, it's really this. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I just had this this overall sad feeling inside, but also inspired to to be different and to you know make a change in my life. I mean, I got I was a delinquent with no dad. I got arrested when thirteen. I'll never forget the cop says to me he says. Hey, how would you like to end up like one of these guys on the poster? I'm going, at least he's wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing at it. It's my favorite joke. It's great. And it's, yeah, but it's, it's great. a true story, by the way. It's really true. I'm like, look at these guys on the poster. I'm going, look at these guys. got their own 8 by 10 They're in post offices and police <laughs> stations. So, uh, and yeah. now my 8 by 10 is at the Laugh Factory and at the Tropicana. And exactly. I've been all over Vegas. I've played a number of great rooms there. I mean, I just can't believe these dreams have come true for this little boy. And what's amazing, too, is that most comedians come from, this is my theory, most comedians come from a background of neurosis. You actually come from a background of, I would say, hardship and emotional hardship because of your dad. And so you've turned that around and you use humor not only to perform on television, on stage, as you are going to do at the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas here. But you also use it in coaching and the master class and in corporate presentations. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. I wanted to attribute a phrase to someone, and I attribute it to different people, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I think of you when I think of the phrase, which is, we're only young once, but with humor, we can be immature forever. Uh, it's funny you should say that. I've always said, I want to be a little kid when I grow up. It's a, I should write that down. It sounds like a one that you could quote the next time you interview a comedian. You could say, I like that. Craig Shoemaker says, <laughs> but I want to be a little kid. No, no mocker. I'll, 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 I'll shut this down right now. So, uh, <laughs> but aren't you I'm a big mocker in I'm comedy? Sen- Wait a minute. You're a big uh, mocker in comedy. Come on. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm a big mocker in comedy. Right. But uh, I'm, I actually, these, these days, I'm considered OG. You know, uh, and it does not mean old guy. <laughs> it means original gangster. <laughs> so uh, I walk backstage and all these young you know, comedians, the ones who do know who I am, they're, hey, man, you're OG. You're OG you know? <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been at it a while. As a matter of fact, I was just at Dave Chappelle's house and he has this show in his like in a in a cornfield in Ohio, <laughs> and he introduced me as like this OG legend who started his career. The first headliner he ever opened for when he was fifteen was me. 
And uh, he introduced me to the crowd, and we had lived for a while. It was a dream. It was awesome. It was like a full circle thing. Because I remember him when he was 15 opening for me. I went, oh, this guy's going to be – he's going to be a star. Never knew it would be this much of a star. But So, yeah, a lot of people, they think that I'm, I'm OG, and I guess I am. And I'm still at it. I'm actually funnier than ever. That's the weird thing is – but it's, it's funny. Never funnier, but it's also more difficult to draw people now because they're all about trends. So uh, I'm I'm like uh, I'm posting stuff where I posted this woman's ass, this bikini ass, right? And I said this is trending. <laughs> now, 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 so that got your attention. Now come to my show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I'll bring the. I, I'm an ass. You can see see this ass at a show. So uh, you know, you just got to play with the times, man. You know, and and make the all the adjustments that have to take place. You know, here we are on a Zoom audio call, and it's just we, we have to do what you can do. But I, I want to keep spreading this message. You were talking about Norman Cousins, the healing powers of laughter. You know, it really it oxygenates your body, and healing endorphins are released. You get a dopamine hit. Stress is relieved, which is a giant problem. You know, it's the cause of most disease is stress. And, uh, you know, boost your immune system. This, this makes me a doctor. So just open up and say, ha-ha. Just get to the damn comedy shows. Even if you don't see me, go see someone else. Get your daily dose. That's what I really believe that we need to uh, – comedians need to get together on this mission too, You know, not attack one another. We're already attacked. Everybody's trying to cancel us. So uh, let's get together and support one another. And really, the, the whole cause of laughter being medicine needs to be increased. It just doesn't have money because we don't have big pharma behind us or whatever, you know. So we have to do this ourselves. It's got to be grassroots. I think in addition to recommending Norman Cousins' book, again, it's Anatomy of an Illness. And he talks about mm. how he was, I think, at UCLA and he was sick. And what mm. really helped him deal with, I think it was cellular disintegration, is that he was watching comedy. And that yeah. when he laughed, the pain went away. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. It's yeah. a big pain relief. He He locked himself in a room with... Three Stooges and and uh, Candid Candid Camera and Marx Brothers and you know this is what he did and you know and so I'm just taking it further because laughter is subjective like most of the people now they don't even know who the Three Stooges are the Marx Brothers so I teach people guided laughitation because <laughs> I like that guided yeah laughitation. that's great if you can meditate which is very difficult for some people you can definitely laughitate. And it's Absolutely. just you force the you force the laughter, and your body doesn't know the difference between real laugh or fake laugh. It's not even fake laughing; it's real laughing. Especially when you're in a room with other people doing the same thing, it becomes contagious. So it's a contagion that we want to spread, right? So it's the antibody it's, to COVID <laughs> in a way by laughing. You're not yeah. you're spreading good stuff instead of bad stuff. Well, that's the thing is they shut us down during COVID. I couldn't believe it. I, I was in Vegas, and you guys, you know, with the with the masking, you know, but then I go to a restaurant in front of a hundred dollar steak. I can take the mask off. So suddenly I'm building a perimeter of COVID perimeter with my steak in front of me. None of it makes any sense. And partitions, you know, it's an airborne virus. Try farting and see if it goes over the partition. Let's see if your mask works uh, and your partition. It's just, it's the, the craziness that we, that happened during this pandemic has really caused me to be even a funnier comedian. Because now we all, this is the first time in history, we all have the same circumstance. Everyone 
dealt with it, right? Everyone has. Well, not, so it's, it's that, in comedy. That, that, that isn't the first time in history. World War II was also a uniting force. No, that's not. It was not the entire world. The entire world was not involved in that. So, well, you know, you're right. And I was thinking of the United States when I said that, but most of the world was involved in World War II. Yeah, yes. but still. I mean, Switzerland you know, sat out, but other than that. No, no, a lot of countries did and, you know, African countries and so right. forth. I like it when it gets challenges my perception of history and it's good. You're right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and I don't, that's the thing is history is all a perception. It's all what we've been taught. But this is the one time that it was forced upon us to everyone had to deal with this pandemic. And that's what a pandemic is. And so and we dealt with it in different ways. And I I think we're idiots the way we dealt with it. Like go to Costco and take all the toilet paper. I mean, it's unbelievable. I had no toilet paper. I'm using I had to use coffee filters. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I have to tell you, just note. It does. It does affect the taste of the coffee. Yes, I want you to know. So, so just and so in more, case we have another another pandemic, it was it's so weird. Everybody's in fear, and everything's all about fear, and they all go get the toilet paper. So apparently, they weren't scared shitless. Correct. <laughs> so, Correct. Yeah. And for more on this, go to craigcorrectsira.com. But the more important website, because most comedians only have one website, but Craig has three. The second one is laughterheals.com, and that's what we've been talking about, which is laughter healing people. And how does that work for you now with, you just mentioned about the COVID virus, a lot of your stuff, I guess, is over Zoom or other technology rather than being in person, right? Well, it was for a couple of years, and it got desperate. I mean, we were playing outdoors. I played, this is an honest and true story, Harrison Ford's Backyard, where he raised his kids and and i was performing in front of a lap pool and the other the audience was on the other side of the pool and i just kept picturing you know here's the great harrison ford raising his kids you know do another lap damn it you call that a breaststroke i just kept imagining that i was just thinking how surreal this is here we are we're outdoors we're playing in parks and we're you know we're just it's it, it was insane where uh where this thing went and we did zoom shows so these shows at the tropicana i'm just happy to wear pants at this point i mean <laughs> this is a wonderful thing to be grateful for after these years of no audience and you know right. people I'm watching people eat pizza. I'm watching be pleasured, uh, you know, that they don't know I'm watching. I said, buddy, buddy, I can see a head bobbing up and down. Okay, you might want to stop that. And I want to tell people who are going to come to the show, please don't do that. You know, please don't do that in the audience. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have post-traumatic stress syndrome from these Zoom shows. Just show up, laugh, have a good time, and get your medicine. The, the concept is like the people that go to the movie theater and they think they're at home watching TV now. They're coming to see you, and they may think they're watching Zoom. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you. exactly right. Oh, people are already people are already idiots. <laughs> now, how did you come up? I'm going to switch topics for a second. Yeah, how did you come up with the Love Master, and also did you create the Thigh Master? No, I would nothing to do with the Thigh Master. Although I met Suzanne Summers on when I co-hosted the Magic Johnson show, she was uh, she was a guest with her new Thigh Master. 
And so she met the love master and uh, the love master all happened because I was a geek growing up. And I am assuming, Ira, you know, if you're doing what you do for a living, you were a geek as well. We're all trying to get back at the girls that wouldn't go to the prom with us. That is Let's face it. That is correct. So and so I was really tiny and the girls would all use the F word with me. Friend. I was always the friend. <laughs> you know, they, you know, girls go to the bathroom together that posse pee yes they they took me with them that's what a geek i was that's how bad it was and i don't know if they thought i was not into them but i was but i would always pretend i would fix them i'd say i'll fix you up with it's always fixing them up with a bad guy you know it's always they always went for the bad guys and i'm thinking underneath this high voice this squeaky kid i'm thinking oh yeah give the geek a chance baby the love master baby i'll get a hold of you i'll love you so good your neighbor will have a smoke baby yeah right baby y'all you'll be begging like pbs on a pledge drive that's right baby yeah <laughs> so that's su- <laughs> that's how the love master develops. Were, were you surprised how quickly it took off and how popular it was? I I, I couldn't believe it actually. I I mean, um, I was, there was a club owner in at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale. I'll never forget it, Tony Monica, and he said you should be the love master. It was just a tiny little part of my act, and he says you should you know call yourself the love master. And it's true, people remember that more than they remember my name, Schumacher. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And seriously, that friends that mispronounce it. So Love Master, although they do mess that up too. They go, Aren't you the love maker? And uh it's it it's been a fun thing. But one time I was at this uh I was playing in Denver at the Comedy Works and I was walking the street the next day, just going to breakfast. It was a Saturday morning, and it's this couple's walking across the street. And most people don't recognize me, you know. I just have this real unrecognizable white guy look, I guess. So this 19, 20, 21-year-old beautiful girl drives by, stops her car. And imagine this couple hearing this to this middle-aged guy. That she says, you were great last night, love master. <laughs> <laughs> I watched their faces thinking, this perv. He must, he must have money. <laughs> well, that always helps, but yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. One of your other projects besides we talked about healing with with laughter and your professional comedy career and television and live performances, you also do a master class in presentation. And that's another website, commandtheroom.net. And yeah. this is more of a, I assume, a corporate approach. I may be wrong. And then you go to craigcorrectsira.com for all the mistakes I make. <laughs> is that designed primarily as a corporate presentation class or is it really for daily use by anybody? You know, of course, the advisors, which I don't really believe in advisors, I really do listen to my own, my own ticking inside. And <laughs> I believe, I really believe it's so global. What I'm teaching is we need to shift the paradigm. We're addicted to the news, which they're choosing the news. It's all corporately sponsored. They choose it to be stuff that will make you afraid. And they condition us. They condition us to the point where we believe that we had a world war that everyone was involved in. That's that's what they did, Ira. <laughs> so <laughs> just a callback. That's called a callback. Yes, now. it is. So and once again, I, I it's te- CraigCorrectsIra.com. <laughs> <laughs> I teach I teach people how to really alchemize our own sense of self and sense of humor and turn it into something that's freeing and it's a surrender that takes place. And I really 
I'm real. I, I love it. I mean, I do teach executives, of course, because you know they're the leaders and they need to teach other people. You know, it, you you lead a lot better if you're having fun. That's the bottom line. Is no matter what, if you're selling something, I have a number of real estate agents as clients, and it really gives them an extra edge because they need they need uh, relationships. That's what they rely on, and the relationships are always better if the memory of you is that you were fun and funny. The likability factor, right? Exactly. I mean, you could have all the stats and be the great statistician and say, look at this, these algorithms. I did this on your home. And this is, you know, these are the comps and all that. stuff. So, yeah, that's fine. They, everybody does that. But how can you be someone that's going to be engaging with them, that they will always have a memory, and even become your friend and that's your client for life. Yeah, and no, in real estate point. or any, any business, that's your upper edge. And I'm trying to, or I am, informing people and inspiring people to get to this sense of self and sense of true humor and who we truly authentically are is really it's peeling away that taking away all of these you know false narratives and paradigms that have been conditioned into us i mean we've literally been programmed since birth we came out light levity loving levity beings and then we just got out in line. We got in line and got rewarded for compliance and rewarded for t- you know telling their truths and not our own and our own feelings. So I believe that comedy really breaks through all of that, and and you get to be in touch with who you truly are, and that's the person you're in relationship with. Since it's also good for you know relationships with spouses or significant others. I mean, they always say women want a sense of humor, by the way, which is a bunch of BS. You know, it's the number one quality of one to man. I said, how come the cover of People magazine is never Carrot Top or the Wayans Brothers? <laughs> how, how come when I'm performing at the Tropicana? Listen, I'm, I'm at the Tropicana. I want to see women in the front row throwing panties at me like they used to do with Tom Jones. Okay? I want to be the panty guy because I'm bringing you laughter, which supposedly you want makes me hot, right? Exactly. So let's see, let's see if that's really true, ladies, with your little surveys that you do. You want a sense of humor. But it really, in all seriousness, taking laughter seriously, it is the most scalable, sustainable thing you can have in a relationship. You can always scale up laughter. You can always sustain your relationship. Look, we're all not going to be Brad Pitt. Well, some of us never were. We're just the pits. But I mean, but... We all, the one thing you have, you know, you, we're not always going to have the looks. It's just not going to happen. I don't care who you are. And there's so much desperation. Imagine if people paid all the money they do on their outsides where they look like freaks a lot of times, thinking that that's going to be their reward and their answer. And it's not because we all see that it's not real. You know, it's not authentic. But what if you spent more on cover charges for comedy shows? If you went to as many comedy shows as you could, if that became your sudden shift, that, that you became a regular attendee of comedy. And I know for a fact that the Laugh Factory in particular, but a number of places in Vegas, have comedy all the time. Great comedians, like OG comedians, up-and-coming comedians, really funny people that are just going to give you a great night out. Don't try to cancel us if you don't like a joke. Wait five seconds. There's another one you'll enjoy right on the menu. You know, it's just it, you, you might have a little bad taste. Don't say anything. Just shut up. Just keep it to yourself. Because if other people are laughing, that means you're just being selfish and trying to ruin it for others. You know, DM me, as the kids do. DM <laughs> me and say, look, I was offended by that. And by the way, it's the only 
art form where people feel that they have to express themselves from the audience. You don't watch a movie and go, stop the projector. I object to this. They're showing racism. This guy's a sexist. This, 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 this. Look at him. And you don't do that. People don't do that because we're not conditioned to do that. We are now being conditioned by it's society itself is saying, cancel the comedians. So what they say is not the truth. No, it is the truth. And they're afraid of the truth. We expose it. We pull the curtain on the wizard. There's a wizard behind there. And the wizard doesn't want you to know it. So we're here to really lighten things up, enlighten you up, and, and have a good time with your life instead of being exposed on a daily basis to these to chaos, mayhem, fear. That's all they're about. That's how they sell you the products. We're selling you a freaking product for like 30 bucks, you know, and you're going to have the time of your life. It's good for you physically, too. By the way, it's good for ab work. I do 90 minutes on stage. Your abs are going to be tight, baby. Wow. How about that? No, wise words. <laughs> so you should not just be there at the Laugh Factory the 15th through the 18th. You should really be there on a nightly basis throughout the year. That would be amazing for you. Think about the money you already spend on other stuff. And here now you're getting your emotional fitness, your spiritual fitness, your physical fitness all in one. There you go. So it's better to go to the gym. You don't have to wipe down afterwards. Well, maybe, you do. I don't know, maybe a few spitting and stuff like that. But. Can I ask you a non sequitur favor? Absolutely. If you, and don't feel you have to, and if you don't want to do it, that's okay too. But would it be too much to ask for your impression of Don Knotts? Well, I will, and I'm going to tell you a story about it. So that will make this, that will make it organic and authentic. So how's that? So. Perfect. Um, Don Knotts, I was a big fan, you know, Mr. Furley, Don, uh, Barney Fife, obviously, Mr. Limpet, a reluctant astronaut. This guy was a part of my childhood. I mean, big time. He was like an uncle to me, comfort food, but no dad. So, uh, I ended up meeting him, which was amazing. And he loved my impression of him. I do the whole cast of Mayberry. He loved it. We hung out. I saw the photo of it, but it culminated into strangest thing. Nineteen, I believe, nineteen ninety nine, Pleasantville. There's a movie called Pleasantville. It might have been his last movie. He played a TV repairman, very old and sick. But he was so sick he couldn't come in for uh, looping, you know, which is dubbing, looping, you know, correcting things. So I went in and replaced his voice for probably half the movie. Is my voice doing him? But I had to imitate him as an old guy. You know, so, so like the old Barney, all right, Andy, you got a nip and nip and about There are two things here at the rock, you know, two rules. Number one, obey all rules. Right. So that's that's the that's him that I grew up with. But then as the TV repairman, if you watch the movie, it's my voice, him as an old guy going. He circles the apple on the telestrator. That's me going, boom. What do you call that right there? Buds are forbidden fruit. Here in Pleasantville, I'm your TV repair man, bud. <laughs> so watch the movie. Absolutely. And you'll, you'll see. <laughs> it's, it is, I'm very self-critical. This is <laughs> <laughs> No, that was great. I appreciate it. Before I let you go, final word on what you would like to do that you haven't done yet. Oh, I, it's an easy one. I want to be Javert on Broadway in Les Mis. Yeah, and I I would like to do it uh, maybe not maybe not Broadway you know just a you know a play where I get to where I get to my mom would be in the front row for Jean at last 
We see each other plain, Monsieur Le Man. You wear a different shirt. Maybe I might have to just settle for doing it on Ira's show. Here. <laughs> I, I think it's a great ambition. Why not? You've done so uh, there much There you stuff, go. So. so I just I just live my dream. That's yeah, it. There's exactly. nothing left. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Emmy winning comedian Craig Shoemaker, not Schumacher. That's a whole other situation. Shoemaker. He's headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas this Thursday, September 15th through Sunday the 18th with showtimes at 8.30 and 10.30. For ticket information, go to tropilv.com. And for everything about Craig Shoemaker, go to craigshoemaker.com and follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Craig, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I'm official Craig Shoemaker on Instagram, but uh, uh, Twitter, I'm the love master, by the way. So just thought I'd let you know and leave you with, you want to learn how to do the love master? You have to, you have to contact me in one of those places. All right, Ira? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's right, baby. I'll set her up. <laughs> I'll set her up and you, you knock her down. baby. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.